Welcome. My name is Lee Maxey. I'm the CEO here at MindMax. And we do a series of podcasts we call Mind Maxing. And this series is called Reflections and Repositioning. And if you're wondering how higher education is dealing with the global pandemic and their positioning for the future, this podcast is for you. We'll be speaking with some very interesting and smart people who are deans and directors at some of the leading institutions in the United States, hearing about their reflections and how their institutions or how they see higher ed as a whole repositioning itself for the future. So please join me as we hear from one of our interesting guests. And we are glad to have Nami Shukla here from San Jose State University. And we've been working with Nami for uh, several years now, and, and I've always enjoyed uh, seeing what SGSU and specifically uh, Nami's group has been doing uh, as they've been growing uh, quite steadily the whole time that we've been working with them. And, and uh, they have a very important remit within the university, uh, which I'm sure she'll, she'll talk about. And Nami is the Associate Dean for the College of Professional and Global Education. And um, I'd like to start off, Nami, this has been a quite a, quite a year, 2020, um, but I'd be interested in some of your reflections from this last year. Um, I have to say it's a tra- it has been a transformational year for the campus and for overall education academia. Having everyone has had to learn to teach as well as study and learn in a remote environment. Um, I, I agree that, you know, it hasn't been the easiest to um, have those learning experiences that we have all been used to in a remote environment and not having a direct interaction with your professor, with your teacher, whether it's in kindergarten, it's in middle school, or it's in graduate, you know, it's in higher education. But we have transformed. I think we've completed one academic year. We're almost getting close to completing one academic year. And it has taught us that if we can create a model to teach and learn pedagogically in this new environment where it doesn't have to be all online, but a more hybrid style of teaching, we can actually utilize our resources and do a far greater outreach to the community. And and once we perfect that model, I think there there is an opportunity to actually make education more affordable and accessible for all. So that's where I look at it from a positive point of view. So Mm -hmm. like there's been a technological innovation that has actually hit the education industry finally. And people are waking up to that. Well, I, I, I know that you are in the uh, epicenter of, of technology there in Silicon Valley. And, and uh, yeah, the technology has been there for quite some time. And I agree with you. Uh, the transformation that I have seen and the acceptance uh, of this technology and the integration of this technology uh, in higher ed specifically, but in, in all educational levels, um, I think gives us a great opportunity. Um, what what's what's something uh, a benefit or uh, 
a capability uh, that you've seen, whether it is a hybrid approach or in a remote, uh, that you think is a, a, a positive from this? I think uh, more work-life balance, especially um, talking about people and the, the target population that our school is serving, our, our programs, San Jose, and I believe it's probably the same in other major metropolitan areas as well. Um, it's a the the typical college going student is an average, I think it's 24, 25 years old, I had read somewhere, right? So that means they're probably working their mid-career or just starting their career. So the possibility that they could actually create a, a complete a part of their coursework remotely has definitely opened that possibility. A few years ago, I would say maybe a decade ago, when online education first came on board with some private universities, it wasn't looked upon as a very trusted form of education or credentials that you were getting. I can speak from my own personal experience. I was at the University of Houston prior to moving to California and San Jose State. And I had started my MBA there at the University of Houston, and then we moved. So I was almost like halfway done through my course. And I was like, okay, I probably will have to leave that because it's a face-to-face -face instruction model. And I can't be commuting every week to between Texas and California. And um, the possibility of transferring to San Jose State, I did consider that as a face-to-face -face program. But it wasn't viable because it's it uh, you SJSU was an impacted campus, meaning we, there was budget crisis and budget issues. So I had dropped that idea, and then University of Houston came up with the online version of the same MBA program, and I was able to complete the last semester of mine. So I mean, ever since that, I've had a really a personal newfound respect for online education. If the program can be delivered. And um, and if it's structured right, it does make it more accessible to people. Um, within SJSU, we have our largest graduate program is a fully online program serving over 2,000 graduate students. You know, so it's like, and that has been a pioneer. It's been for almost 10 years now, and so that has been growing, and it has audiences from all over the U.S lot from Canada across. So there are possibilities. And I think the, the, the branding and the trust and the value that people are awarding to not online education is increasing. And this last year pandemic has helped us push that envelope a lot further. Great. And I, I, uh, I think schools like yourselves that were involved in online education prior to the pandemic um, have been able to, in a positive way, really, as you said, transform or be able to move forward more easily than those who were sort of scrambling to say, oh my gosh, we haven't really done much with this and now right. we need to. So I think you're in a good position. So given that, and given the experience of this last year, what are some of your thoughts about the near term, You know, the next six to nine months uh, about things that you're planning on doing and, and as we hopefully get towards the backside of, of 
increasing infections and and the pandemic itself. What are what are some of your thoughts about the the near term? So for the near term, I think it's probably fall is going to be. We're still sitting on the fence whether how fall is going to be normal. I personally, I don't think it's going to be hundred percent normal because it's going to take a while to get herd immunity build and everybody vaccinated. And then, and there are a lot of international travelers working through the regulations and how to get everybody. So fall is still going to be in a better situation than what we were last fall, but that would be um, from the point of um, near future from a degree perspective, I think that's where I think we need to continue with all these technological innovations that, have ha- that are happening and that we can use in academia to keep building on our hybrid models. So by the time, even after this crisis is over, we are able to actually market and do a far greater outreach to the community, within the local community, the global community. Imagine the possibility if we had a, if we had a, a, if we had a degree program where it's more, it's known more for its content and delivery, and you can create these kind of experiences for the student, as well as build those pedagogical experiences where you don't have to be in a face-to-face environment and still get that learning that is actually you're looking for. So I'm hoping that those advances would be coming and then people will keep building on those you know, models and not just say, okay, vaccine is here, let's stop, let's go back to status quo. I, th- I think the, uh, as I say, the, the horses have left the barn on that. So I, 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 I can't see us going back. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I just, I, I don't think that makes sense. And, and I, I agree with you there. So if we think, you know, longer term, 2022 and beyond, uh, when, you know, we've had that transformation you described and, and uh, you know, we're looking forward to, I'll call it a new age of, of, of learning. What, what are some of your thoughts about the longer term? I think it's the same. We have to keep building on this. So it's like, you know, I mean, um, I keep referring back to technological advances in education because that's something I... I'm really passionate about and how we can use it. Like if you look at it, when the computers were started and then it was the World Wide Web, the internet, and then it was FinTech now, you know, with the, Mm -hmm. and that's where I think the new programs and the new, uh, the advances technology so we can move forward would be in the fields of cybersecurity, which are really already high, cybersecurity, big data, artificial intelligence, I could be, it's more of an aspirational thing, not for me personally, but for the community, for the world, is um, maybe to have an education style where you could actually deliver on quality education in a remote way, but uh, like, with less people involvement. So it's like, I'll give an example from the medical field. You know how previously for until a few years ago, there were like if a pre-cancer treatment or even to be diagnosed for cancer screening and all was all very invasive, right? Through biopsy or it was advanced stages. 
but there are companies that are working on the medical field where they can actually do pre-cancer screening through your blood work, you know, those kind. So if those advances are happening in there, in the medical field, the pandemic was another example, how we got the vaccine out in record time. So if those kind of thinking that we can use artificial intelligence to actually build models for education where it's not only within the U.S., but all over the world, there's education and literacy is one of the biggest things that keeps people from moving forward and social mobility. I think we need to change that. And if uh, there are smaller companies like this Khan Academy, right, where you can learn things and you can do online learning. And so I wish and hope that more people would come out like that, you know, and not only the universities or the bodies of higher education, but private entrepreneurs. Maybe think uh, sort of this utopian, you know, if, if people have more access and if there's more, I'll call it adoption and or uh, people actually take programs, um, where does that all go? <laughs> if we have all these very knowledgeable or more knowledgeable people or more capable people in the world, um, just, just the thought, uh, you know, where does that all go? It goes to making our lives bigger and better, bigger in the sense like better lives, you know? So right now, <clears throat> I mean, uh, it's just making life more comfortable. So right now people, we as a community, we as a human community have become too materialistic. So I think hopefully we'll be able to spend more time, family time, friend time with them. And that will be when you have, uh, you build things that will help uh, create those connections. It doesn't have, I mean, it's just, you know, with the travel, with the communication, it's not like, you know, you could pick up the phone and you can actually do a FaceTime. So it doesn't, that can, so that all has come because of technological people have, grown and gone bigger and better things for us to work with. So that's what I'm hoping that, you know, SpaceX, right? So it's another thing. So I, I uh, as someone who's traveled a lot, I, I do appreciate not having to travel as much. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and like you said, the, the acceptance of uh, a face-to-face -face Zoom call or a FaceTime call, uh, whereas that wouldn't have been considered maybe as personal as it is now. Um, right. you know, people would have expected, Hey, you know, and I'd like you to be here in person. And, and there's right. a, a greater acceptance of that along with an acceptance of online. Well, this has been very, uh, very thoughtful. And, and do you have any other last comments or last thoughts, um, related to your reflections and, and thoughts in the future? Um, I think one thought means that even though I've been, uh, I've been a proponent of, Online, it seems like online and uh, everything remote, but you do miss on the social connection, the people connection. And like the couple of conferences that I attended last year virtually, it wasn't the same. You know, I was trying to look at it. The plus of that was I did not have to get myself away from work and I could actually manage both my workers. Uh, things you know that were going on during that week as well as attend the conference sessions but it was like you know even though they would have like grouped uh, 
Zoom breakout rooms and things like that, but it wasn't the same. So that's the part. So I think it has a plus and minus on both sides. So, but that's where we can find a good medium where we can accomplish that. That would be great. You know? And of course, the financial savings that comes to everyone, right. where you don't have to travel and right. the time and fine. Right. It's a good thing we don't own an airline. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. right. um, well, thank you very much, Nami. This has been great to, to spend some time together. And I wish you a Wish you a great year in 2021. So thank you. Thank you, Lee, for the opportunity. Thanks. This has been another interesting Mind Maxing podcast. Please listen to the other podcasts on this series or look for us later this summer when we release our next series of podcasts.